Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Uh, happy Sendamai. Mai. It's uh, Norwegian Independence Day. Darren and I are both like three quarters Norwegian, so our grandparents used to make a big deal out of that, it's the 17th day. of hey, May. Brian, but, my house today, right now, I am flying a Norwegian flag. <laughs> In addition to flying an American flag, I'm flying a Norwegian flag right underneath it. And, yeah, it's a big deal. Our first cousin, this is his anniversary. They got married on this day. I've got a good friend who happens to be Norwegian, and her birthday is today, and her family's just super pumped about that. It's it's a good day. Well, the thing I always think about is May 17th, that was our goal to be all done with planting. And that's really the topic for our show today is planting and crop progress updates. So if you're listening now and you'd like to just give us a little report on how things are looking on your farm, we'd love to hear that. Our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag in just a minute here. Before we do, I'll just tell you on our own farm, we are getting ready to start spraying corn here this week. Corn's pretty small, but with our silage corn, here's the dilemma. So we got to do two applications. I wanted We want to do a herbicide application, but then we also want to get some Rise Up Smart Grass on, some gibberellic acid on, because that'll make, in the past, we've, we've been able to make our corn roughly a foot taller and increase our tonnage by, you know, 5, 10, 15%. I mean, it's massive for the, whatever, $5 investment in the gibberellic acid. So anyway, you can't spray a gibberellic acid product within at least a week, and I'd prefer to, but at least a week of when you're going to spray certain herbicides like some of the HPPDs. So we were debating, okay, what should we do first? And I said, you know, guys, I really think we should get that herbicide sprayed first. We might be a little on the early side. We're going to use some residual uh, products. So basically we'll get a group 15 and HPPD and a little atrazine out there. So we'll, we'll have three different modes of action. All three of them have residual And I just said, I'd rather err on the early side on weed control anyway. So let's just get that done at V2. So then at V4, we can spray that gibberellic acid. And that's the direction we chose to go. If we flip that around, I just said, boy, yes, technically we could spray gibberellic acid at V2 or even let's call it V3. But what percent is going to hit the ground versus what percent hits the plant? He said, look at those plants. Uh, How many are we going to hit? I bet 90% of the spray is going to end up on the ground. So 90% of our gibberellic acid is going to go to waste. Do we really want that? I I don't think so. So anyway, I just said, yep, let's just switch that around. Oh, and by the way, you might say, well, why don't you just band it over the row? We live in South Dakota. The wind always blows. 10 mile an hour wind is a calm wind for us. So that's the problem. And the way our dad always used to talk about it is he's like, yeah, you can be out there banding, but all you're doing is you're really broadcasting at a banding rate because there's always wind. So it just doesn't work too well in our situation. Now, certainly if you had like a hooded sprayer or something, you could do it, but that's some work and then it takes more time and cost and everything. So anyway, so that's a little bit what's going on on our farm this week. Right now, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right, Barani said, how do you irrigate a field up to field capacity only without overwatering it? 
Yeah, so that used to be more of an art than a science. Hopefully now it's more a science than an art. There are measuring devices you can put in the soil that will help you. So there are a lot of sensors out there from different companies to assist you with this. And even like on our own farm where South Dakota State University has a weather station, part of that weather station is how much moisture is in the soil. Now, I don't know how accurate that would be for use with irrigation, but nevertheless, I mean, there are a lot of different sensors out there that can tell you how moist that soil is. And then you always have to use some common sense here too. So let's just say, for example, the forecast for the next three days is going to be 100 degrees, 15% humidity, pure sun, and 35 mile an hour winds. Would you want to have a little extra moisture to go on in the soil? You bet. So you always have to take that human element into account too. But I'm just saying there are some great sensors out there that can certainly help with irrigation. All right. Thanks for the question. Uh, get this one from Frank. And he said, I thoroughly enjoy your radio show. Looking forward to it every day. I believe Friday last week, you guys were talking about the new 24D and I didn't catch the name or manufacturer. Could you give us the info again, please? Yep. The manufacturer is Corteva and Freelex is the straight 24D choline product. That 24D choline came out a few years ago and we actually had been testing it for a few years prior to that even. And we were really curious about the volatility and the drift properties. So we had some cotton on our farm. Now, you might not know this, but we're the largest cotton farmers in the state of South Dakota. Uh, now, granted, we can't actually get the crop to finish because we don't have enough heat. <laughs> but we raise a little bit of cotton every year just in a very small area. But part of the reason why we do that is so we can go spray products like 2,4-D because 2,4-D, or actually I should say cotton, is the most sensitive plant that we know of to 2,4-D. So in other words, even a whiff of 2,4-D and that cotton doesn't look so good. So we have sprayed this new 2,4-D Freelix right next to cotton, had no problems. And we've done this for multiple years. So we feel really good about the volatility properties, just the reduced drift. Now, to take it one step further than Freelex, there's also Enlist One that is labeled for use over the top of Enlist Crops. Now, Enlist One's going to cost just a little bit more money. It does have another drift retardant in it. I don't think it's necessary, but they do that. And, you know, just to be on the extra safe side when, when you're talking about these, uh, these dicam or I should say 2,4-D tolerant crops in list, they just want to make absolutely sure they don't have issues coming out of that like we have seen with the dicamba crops. So anyway, Freelex would be the straight product you could use in pastures, lawns, that kind of thing. Enlist One would be the new 2,4-D that would be labeled for use over the top of Enlist crops. Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk a little about planting and crop progress right after this. You work for results. That's why the Enlist weed control system gives you flexible tank mixing, near zero volatility, a wide application window, and proven weed control. Because the Enlist system was built for your results. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. You're looking for soybeans that give you the yield you want. But when it comes to fighting your toughest weeds, you also need flexibility. 
Introducing Extend Flex Soybeans. Elite genetics with triple tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. The yield you want, the choice you need. Learn more at extendflexsoy.com. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees, too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. This is Quick Dick McDick from Tufnell asking you, have you heard of Mandaco Land Rollers? They're the ones with the green paint, and I'm not talking about the green paint that requires a technician and a laptop to fix. I'm talking about the Mandaco green paint that doesn't need fixing because it's built tough. We're talking 5 8 thick, 42-inch diameter drums, people, and I've learned never to talk about size unless you can back it up when a measuring tape gets pulled out. So keep your seed and rocks in the ground where they belong and get yourself a roller at mandaco.com. We're getting a planting and crop progress update on today's Ag PhD radio show. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today and would love to hear from you at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can always send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Let's start off north of the border today. We've got Wes with us right now up in Manitoba. Wes, how are you doing today? Oh, just fine. We're hot and windy here today. Well, hot is welcome. I think it's been kind of a cool spring. How's it been for you guys? Yeah, it's been cool uh, until this week. Uh, We've got, I guess today it's about 86 degrees Fahrenheit, 31 Celsius. So it's pretty warm today and we've had quite a lot of wind. Sure, sure. So uh, so what's the crop looking like? Have you got everything in the ground? Is everything going already, or you still got a little bit of stuff to put in? Uh, we've got a little bit left to put in. We're about 90% done. Uh, the, the cereal grains that were put in um, in April are all germinated and coming up. They're not as even as they maybe like them to be, but uh, nevertheless, they've come up fairly good. Um, the fields that were zero-tilled were the best. They had the most moisture, but we're certainly in need of a rain now. Sure, sure. Yeah, we are too. Did you catch anything out of this uh, this last week here? Uh, no, we did not. We Well, we had a few drops. That's about it, but nothing measurable. It, uh, we are, uh, our forecast for uh, Wednesday night, Thursday, and Friday this week look like we may get some showers, and we're sure hoping for that. Oh yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Now you mentioned the the stands a little uneven. Is that mainly just due to the dry conditions and and variable moisture through the field? That's right. Yes, yeah, mainly the dry conditions and variable moisture. Some of the uh, canola that we've been putting in, we've generally not put in as deep as we have this year. Uh, usually, our moisture is quite close to the top, but it's taking a little longer to come up, but uh, so far it's it's all seems to be emerging. Yeah, Anybody heard, uh, heard. at this point is waiting, kind of waiting for a rain after this to put some more canola in. Yeah, I heard a lot of guys nervous about that, that they were saying they're going to have to seed a little deeper with canola. With uh, with that seed, does it have enough push to get through normally, or are you worried about crusting? What's the issue with planting too deep? 
Uh, you do worry about crusting, but uh, I have uh, talked to some agronomists here this spring, and uh, surprisingly, they've had people seeding canola as deep as inch and a half, inch and three quarter, and still have it come up. It's uh, it's kind of an amazing crop at times as well. Sure. Well, thank goodness for that. Uh, talk to yeah. us about these cereal fields now, too. And one thing that we've we've heard with the dry weather, there haven't been as many weeds coming, at least early this year. Are you seeing any weed species that are maybe more drought tolerant popping through? Uh, no, it's actually been very good here. Uh, it's the weeds, you know, if, if anything, there's a little bit of volunteer crop from last year, but the weeds so far have been fairly few. Just wondering, have you guys been having issues with uh, uh, equipment, GPS issues we've had with uh, getting some new monitors and that? There seems to be quite a shortage of parts. Uh, are you running into that as well? Yep, sure are. So there. let's put it this way. I don't think there's an industry that hasn't been adversely affected by all these supply chain problems that we've seen here lately. I mean, they, they want to blame logistics and everything else, but I mean, it's just, it's very frustrating. A lot of industries don't have enough workers, even though like uh, here in the United States, we are still for some reason paying a whole bunch of unemployment benefits. I don't want to get into politics, but there are more jobs right now than we have available people. So I don't know why we need unemployment, but anyway... <laughs> I'll set that aside and just tell you we have lots of problems with parts. Uh, actually, we had to loan a tractor to one of our neighbors so he could plant his crop because he couldn't get the parts he needed to make his tractor run when it broke down this spring. Just to give you an idea how bad some of these things have been. Yeah, that's that's quite annoying when that happens. So yep. let's, let's hope this gets straightened out uh, soon. Yes. Yep. We're certainly hoping for the best. Yeah, we hear it's a little rougher up in Canada right now than it is here in the U.S. Uh, we've got, like in our state, for example, over 50% of the people are fully vaccinated now, and you can just see the case numbers just drop into nothing now. So anyway, hopefully okay, that happens for yeah. you guys up there as well. And uh, yeah, we're we're certainly hoping this whole supply chain thing, uh, all these issues go away, whether it's ag chem or fertilizer or parts or housing or any of that stuff. Hopefully that that uh, that that comes to an end here fairly soon. Yes, and we're hoping that uh, our border uh, restrictions will get yep. lowered soon as well, so we'll be able to travel back and forth a little more easily. Definitely. Yeah, I'd like to go to Canada again sometime, Wes. So <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'd like to have you. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Wes, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks a lot, and best of luck here this spring. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. All right, uh, let's head down to Missouri. We've got Brooks with us right now. Brooks, how's it going in Missouri? It's going quite well. How are you guys? You know, we're doing pretty good. We got a little bit of rain here over the weekend. We're very thankful for that. Yes, we we did too. We were very, very dry. And then we got uh, probably an inch two weeks ago that really helped kind of help the corn get started. And then we've gotten probably uh, a heavy inch over the last weekend yes and it is really you know i if it get warm i'd really like it but yeah i can't complain about the rain well i just find it interesting so we're just talking with wes up in manitoba canada and he said it's 86 degrees up there today so i don't know how this all works but yeah it should be nice if some of that heat came down here yes it would yes it would 
All right. So what is what is the crop looking like? You know, you've gotten a couple inches here over the last couple of weeks. That's got to be a really good good sign for for what's coming up here. And like you say, you get some heat. Is the crop yellow? Is does it look good? Is it just slow? It looks it looks good. We've got we have all of our corn planted, and we <laughs> we lo- we lack forty acres of getting all of our beans in at least the first time. So. So we're pretty happy about the timing of the rains, but the corn still looks very green and and looks good. I I think a little bit of heat. It's spotty in places, but I think a lot of that is just I think it's just slow germinating, and I hope that it's still viable viable seed and isn't dying, you know, you know, rotting in the ground. So I hope that I, I get some of the a better stands than what I have currently. But then I, I'll I'll tell you in a week how my beans are doing. You bet. You bet. All right. So talk to us about that corn. How big is the biggest corn? So there's some seed yet to come. Uh, is the is the first stuff out of the ground just a couple of leaves? Yes. Yes. The first stuff, the very first field I planted is still just, just a, a leaf or two, you know, above the dirt. So, and then I've got some that's just, just poking its head out. So like I said, if we get a little bit of 80, 85 degree days and, and that would really I think really make the corn take off. Cause like I said, it's still very green and looks really pretty. It's just, just very small. You know, when you're talking about, you have 40 acres of beans left to go. What maturity beans are you planting now? These last ones that are going to go in, is it different than the rest or is it still kind of a full season bean like, like the rest of the farm? It's a, all, all full season. We plant group threes and the three threes all the way up to three nines. I put a lot of three nines in. But a lot of three threes too. You know, we try to spread them out and put the three threes closer to home, so we can get started um, a, a little earlier, or maybe not a little earlier, but we'll have stuff ready to go. And then, obviously, the better stuff is is on the bottoms and things like that. And so we try to space it out so we're not all the beans ready at the same time. But uh, you know, the from Canada, the call before me was talking about uh, problems getting parts, and you guys too, and. That's why we're 48 acres short of corn, uh, beans because we had a heck of a time getting parts for the planter, and, and it's been a nightmare this year. Yeah, it's it's been a strange one, that's for sure. But, hey, at least uh, things are starting to get back a little more towards normal. And, you know, I'm glad the prices haven't really been towards normal on, on some of these crops that we can lock in some decent prices, too. Right. Yeah, with with six seven dollar corn, I, I hope all that corn comes up because <laughs> it's laying there in the ground, not growing. It's costing me a lot of money. Oh my year. goodness! Yeah, it's a, it's actually worth something for once. That's kind of a fun fun situation <laughs> to be in. We're talking with Brooks down in Missouri. Brooks, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Good luck here. Hopefully, everything comes together to finish that up. Thank you very much. You guys have a good year as well. You bet. Thanks. Listening to Ag PhD Radio, getting a planting and crop progress update. We would love to hear how things are going on your farm and in your area. And our phone lines will be open throughout the show today at 844-44-AG-PHD. Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash howler to learn more. 
When it comes to competitive herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. They've been bringing growers trusted brands like Weedmaster, Patriot, and Diablo for decades, made right here in the USA. What's your favorite New Farm brand? Email it to turnuptheburn at newfarm.com and you'll be entered to win a monthly $1,000 product giveaway. In these unprecedented times, you're facing unprecedented pressure. New Farm's here to help. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucento fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards, and that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a planting and crop progress update. Hope you're enjoying it today. We're we're talking to farmers all over. would love to hear how things are going in your area as well, and you can call in at 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Cliff with us now up in North Dakota. Cliff, it's been a while since we've talked to you. How are you doing? Well, uh, we are doing as best as we can expect because we are extremely dry yeah yeah what uh what is the forecast looking like for you now we we're just talking with wes up in manitoba and he said they're dry up there but uh they're they're starting to get some heat now hopefully some rain's coming in the next week or so but are you getting any hope well we've got this weekend where they're they're predicting the 50 percent chance of uh, showers, so you can interpret that word about any way you want to go. <laughs> well, you know the weather guys are wrong about ninety percent of the time. So, may, who knows? Maybe it's actually a ninety percent chance. Cliff, let's let's take the positive side of that. Let's go glass half full here. How, how about your fields? Then have you got everything in the ground? They're just waiting for some moisture. I would say that seventy-five percent of Botany County is seeded. 
And of that 75%, two-thirds of it in dry dirt. Yeah. Yep, and I know a lot of guys are talking about planting deeper, and, and in some cases, like we were talking about the West, you said, we got guys that are seeding canola inch and a half, inch and three quarters deep, and uh, so far I haven't had any problems, but he said, we got some that hasn't come out yet, so we're, we're sure hoping it comes up. What well, Are you seeing some crazy deep plantings trying to get to moisture, or is it just too deep to even get to? Well, there is some of the corn land that got good snow drifted into it that has some pretty good moisture into it. But other than that, the uh, the barley that we planted early has been in the ground for over two weeks. Uh, some of it's emerged, some of it hasn't. And I have water table monitors in our ground. And last fall when we took our soybeans off, we were dry to eight feet in the ground last fall. Very little no snow at all and virtually no rain. Yep. Now, talk to us about the ground groundwater monitors because I know you've been very active in tiling, in just trying to improve oxygen content in the soil, and that's been a big, big deal in your area. It's really helped because it seems like you suffer from being too wet even more than being too dry. Now, this year obviously being an exception to that, but when you put water table monitors in, is it a, an expensive thing? Uh, do you have any recommendations that you'd give on doing that? Well, what my son John and I did probably eight years ago is we took two-inch PVC, and we used like a boring bit on a skid skidster, and we bored down, and we stuck the two-inch PVC in it, had a lot of holes in it, put rock around it, and basically brought it up to the top so I could take the cap off, drop a tape measure in, so I would know exactly what we had to work with come spring, summer, or fall. And usually we've got adequate soil moisture in the ground because we've got six inches of the topsoil and who knows, 250 feet of yellow clay underneath of us. So when you've got subsoil moisture and you get any kind of rain in the spring, you've got a pretty good chance of getting it out of the ground. And once it's out of the ground up here, you've got a pretty good chance of bringing some kind of a crop to harvest. This year is the driest I've ever seen it in over 60 years of farming. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and it's like you say, when you've got uh, the subsoil you guys have, you could take quite a bit of moisture to recharge things. Yes. I mean, we could take a three-inch downpour, and we would not have any runoff. The yeah, cracks in the ground are the ones you could lose a crescent wrench in. Yeah, we're familiar. We're familiar with those too, Cliff. Over the years, oh my goodness, yeah, we're so happy. We've been really, really dry here too, and we we just caught uh, pretty much an inch here over the weekend on part of the farm, and that's gotten some hope back here. But we'll keep you guys in our prayers, Cliff. We know you can desperately use it, as as a lot of farmers in North Dakota are in the same boat. It's it's awfully dry. Hopefully, uh, next time we chat with you, you'll be telling us about that three-inch rain and and how it's turning things around. I have one more comment for you. Oh, when sure. We were doing our planning this year. I told my son, I said, you might be planting 
a cover crop. The main thing up here is that we've got to keep the land from blowing. Sure. So if our barley or wheat gets to the fourth or fifth stage, leaf stage, and it runs out of moisture, at least we got the ground covered so it won't blow. You know what? That is that is a good way of looking at things, that at least there's something out there, even if it doesn't amount to a crop, at least you're right. I know there, there are some guys we've talked to that said, well, I'm going to wait to plant until we get a rain, but... Uh, I don't know. That's it's it's tough to make decisions in in that environment. No doubt about it. Well, Cliff, thank you so much. Really appreciate talking to you, and we'll we'll keep you guys in our prayers. Thank you very much. You bet. Let's head out to the state of Washington. We've got Steve with us right now. Steve, uh, how's it going out there? Hey, Darren, how's it going? How are you? You know, pretty good. We caught an inch of rain over the weekend. I know you you probably just heard Cliff talking there about how dry it is in North Dakota. <laughs> we we were dry too, but. Uh, and I know an inch yep. doesn't solve all our problems, but at least it, it covers them up for a little while. It's a good Band-Aid, and I'm unfortunately going to have to continue on with with uh, what Cliff was talking about and Wes up in Canada. We're, we're dry, um, so we're in eastern Washington, of course, and uh, we're in a D2. Uh, central part of our state's in a D3, and they're really hurting. I think you guys are aware of the geography of the state of Washington. We have the good old rain shadow effects from the cascades and a lot of those soils out in the middle of the state are super super light low organic soils and i'm afraid a lot of this uh crop is beyond uh, repair with rain i think it's past the permanent wilting point and and uh you know unfortunately we're we're maybe forecasted for a little shower thursday which would definitely just be a band-aid when you're in a drought rain to buy you some more time but um i mean even some of our ground darren we're the marginal shallow spots are drying up in the spring crop i mean it needs a drink bad we had really poor stands this year um just with the lack of topsoil moisture and a lot of seed hair pinned with uh the double disc drills and we've just been battling winds which just seems like they suck that any little bit of topsoil moisture you had out so it's it's been a challenging spring, but, you know, like my dad said, if you uh, haven't experienced a drought, you haven't farmed long enough. So I guess maybe this might be our time this year. We'll see, I guess. Well, I hope, like Clifford said, this is the worst one he's seen in 60 years. I hope we don't see another one like it for a long, long time. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it makes management challenging, you know. I mean, some guys are talking about abandoning even spring, their uh, spring crop, thinking that don't want to put money in it. But, uh, you know, I told him, I said, well, let's don't take, you might be taking one step forward, but, you know, three steps backwards. If, you know, it seems like I was riding fields the other day, just getting ready to, to spray. And we have a lot of spring weed around our areas, you know, mayweed, lamb's quarter. That mayweed's tough to control, and there's nothing worse than cutting dog fennel if insurance company is going to make you cut your, your yeah. crop, to, uh, uh, you know, to collect insurance. So I said, and plus also you're letting weeds go to seed so you know i'm trying to discourage that talking to guys but uh you know you never know we, it could turn off raining and all of a sudden it's it's fine because we were also in the same boat with uh we're getting pretty close to a flag leaf application of fungicide and micros and and uh different nutrient amendments and you know where you're, you kind of say to yourself you know do i put the money in it or, or what so there's a little gamble there and and uh, you know, it's this is this is when uh, you put the pencil to the paper, and and uh, you just start trying to figure some stuff out here. 
Yeah, it, it's a whole lot easier to figure out when you know you've got a crop coming when you're just questioning if there's even going to be a crop. It's Boy, these decisions get tough. We really appreciate you going through them, though, Steve, talking through what's happening there and what's what's on your mind. And, and yeah, not, not easy. We don't – wow, we, we don't know really what to say either on that, too, because the right, the right answer isn't the right answer for everybody. But but you appreciate having me on, Steve. We'll hope you guys catch some rain and, and pray for you guys as well. Well, thanks, Darren. Sometimes, like I say, it's a, it's more of a vent session than anything, and we're all in this together. So, You bet. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. We really appreciate having you on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Introducing the next generation of weed control in wheat, Wide AR Match Herbicide. Uh, I'm sorry, is this a typo? I mean, there's an AR in the middle of Wide Match. Mm-hmm, that's the name. It's called Wide R Match Herbicide. Oh, my bad. From the top. <clears throat> Introducing Wide R Match from Corteva AgriScience. It's not a typo, it's an upgrade. The AR stands for Arlax Active for improved control of the toughest broadleaf weeds and wheat. Talk with your retailer to learn more. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people. And we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plugged nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, installation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases the seed to maximize seed-to-soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And we are talking to you throughout the whole show. It's a planting and crop progress update, and our phone lines are open 
at 844-44-AG-PHD. All right, you've heard about some dry weather. Jim in Wisconsin maybe has something a little bit different. Jim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I don't know if it's any different. We we were dry, and then a uh, small area in the county here got a good shot of rain, well, about a quarter to a half inch on Saturday night. Unfortunately, there was a lot of hail in it, and I'm looking at 60 acres of hay that I'm just cutting, and, uh, it, it you know, it's not going to be harvested because it's just it's pretty just much all stem. So. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we get a little rain, but, yeah, we get 60 acres of damage. Fortunately, the corn was the cornfields in this in well on our farm weren't up at the aren't out. Sure. So they could have done damage there too. So. Yep. So, anyways, do you recommend any different way of going at this? I mean, is there is there going to be more of a benefit to fungicide or some type of liquid fertilizer to get this? You know, so it gets a good start after this, or uh, stick to my regular routine of just, I, I usually put on some AMS, boron, and, and a little bit of potash to get on it. Sure. Okay, so first of all, with hail-damaged alfalfa, um, it, it is a little bit different than with corn or soybeans or something like that. Let me just give you a couple of quick things. First of all, anytime a crop is damaged by wind or hail, we see more bacterial diseases than we do fungal diseases. And the fungicides are good, obviously, at killing uh, fungal diseases, not bacterial diseases. And I'm not saying you don't ever get fungal diseases in, but I'm just saying there is more bacterial. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of people will say, well, I've, I've sprayed fungicide and it hasn't helped me a lot. Uh, the, the next thing is, with alfalfa and you just talked about hey i got a bunch of stems there that is different than corn and soybeans because a lot of times we still have some leaves there well in order to get a fungicide to work it's got to go on the leaves it's not going to help on the stems at all and here's the other unfortunate part basically it only protects the leaves that are out not the leaves that are going to come out over the next let's call it three or four weeks before you do your next cutting. So I'm just saying to think that a fungicide would help an alfalfa crop, I don't think it's going to help much. Even for corn and soybeans, it makes it look better, it makes it stand better, but a lot of times we don't see a real big yield increase even in corn and soybeans. But for alfalfa, I'd be very surprised if you saw much for a yield or tonnage increase. So in terms of what else should you do for fertilizer, would I do much different? You know, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing is, most fertility, it, it's really about the soil, not about what we are able to put on foliar. And you just brought up some nutrients that can move down into the soil with rainfall. Now, hopefully get another rain, this time without the, the hail. But anyway, we got to have some rain if you're going to get things like potassium and boron, nitrogen, sulfur into the soil. But those do move down into the soil somewhat. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you're not really sticking much on the plant at this point with nothing there. And you're going to have to get another rain on these nutrients to make it go anyway. But would I change anything? I I, I, I can't say that I really would. It sounds to me like your program is just fine. 
I mean, I guess about the only thing that we always say with alfalfa is, hey, if you're going to be spraying anyway, make sure you're scouting for bugs. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes yep. bugs do survive the hail. Uh, I wish they didn't, but a lot of times they do. So if you got bugs out there, it adds some bug killer. But otherwise, I, I think you're you're on the right track and you're doing just fine. And no, I don't think I'd put some fungicide out there. Yeah. Well, I'm cutting it now. I went to spray it until it was had leaves on it again anyways. And I always spray, we usually spray a pyrethium all the time sure because we always have seem to have uh insect problems so yeah yep you bet yeah where we see more gain with the fungicide and alfalfa i mean it's certainly possible that you could see some gain so i'm not going to say oh you know maybe if you want to try a little bit by all means do so we we do that all the time on our farm and just say well i don't think it's going to work but you know what we'll just try a little bit and see but a lot of times spraying in the fall or near fall we do see a little bit better survivability of the alfalfa going into the next year so that's one of the the benefits we see out of fungicide sometimes but yeah in this case i i just don't know it's going to help you a lot okay okay i just i got an agro liquid dealer that thinks that uh, he's got some gold there when he's when these guys sprayed on hay so i'm just questioning it so well I, I, yeah and i i mean there could be something else that your crop needs so for example right. um if there's some micronutrient package or whatever so i'm not going to sit here and say i know exactly what's best for the fertility needs of your farm because i don't see your soil tests or your tissue tests or anything else so i you know i i i will just say that if it was, let's say, phosphorus, well, you can't do a whole lot with phosphorus because you can't get into the soil and, or anything like that. And if you don't have much for leaves there, you can't stick any foliar fertilizer on. So that, those are my only real concerns. Yep. Okay. All right. Real good. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's one of the things we've worried about on our own farm, too. We start praying for rain. Well, if you pray too hard, sometimes it comes in the, uh, the frozen form. Frozen form. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, we, we really lucked out. It was just a small area that ended up getting rain, and, and we did get some on a bunch of our fields, and, and we needed it bad. And you can barely tell in some of the fields that we got as much rain as we did because it was just so dry. And when you look at the National Drought Monitor, and if you've never done that before, it's kind of interesting. I actually had pulled that up here uh, when we were talking a little bit earlier in the show with Cliff. And you take a look at that National Drought Monitor in the United States, and pretty much the entire western half of the country is in some level of drought. And how they rank that, it's abnormally dry all the way to exceptional drought. And like for our area in South Dakota, we have been dry for, I mean, since last summer. I mean, it's been 10 months now, and we've had a grand total of now about nine inches of precip. We're currently in the moderate drought area, though, so not real bad just because we have been cooler and even cooler than normal to this year. All right, got a number of questions that came here in the Ag PhD mailbag as well. And we got this one from Tim in New Jersey. He said, uh, I've got some shepherd's purse. Uh, he, he didn't. He said, I've got a few picks of a weed. Well, yep. it's shepherd's sure. purse, Tim. Yep. And he said, it shows up mostly in my cornfields. What I'm wondering, I, I do like to plant a cover crop to try and save my light soils here. But could I spray something before I seed that cover crop to help get ahead of this particular weed? What cover crop? It uh, doesn't say what, what kind of cover crop. He said, uh, will cover crops choke it out if we plant wheat 
as a cover crop. Just wondering. He said it. He's doing an okay job burning it down in the spring, but he yeah. said the stalks stay green and they wrap around things. Sure. And and it's really tough. Yeah, it's a winter annual, and so the ideal time to kill it is going to be the fall. And if you are seeding a cover crop, then I totally get it that, hey, you could have a problem there. I hate to even bring this up, but it's also possible that the seed for the shepherd's purse could be in your cover crop. So I hope that's not the case. But I, we don't know what, what cover crop you're planting, so it, it's really hard to comment. I, I would just look at, let's put it this way. Think about your cover crop as a crop. And then you can just look up, okay, let's say that I'm raising rye. Uh, what in rye is going to kill shepherd's purse, for example? So if you let us know what your cover crop is, your cover crop mix, maybe we can give you a recommendation. It's just it does get troublesome sometimes to find a good solution because it's a blend. And anytime you have a blend of different crops and you're trying to not kill any of them, it's really hard to also get good weed control. So, yes, we, we understand what you're going through, and with Shepherd's Purse, ideally you'd, you would want to kill that in the fall. Otherwise, in the spring, yeah, it's not the most difficult to stop. All right. Uh, got just a number of questions here that have come in. We still have time for yours. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. Got just a comment here from Tired of Walking, who said, thanks for... Uh, for your reply to my previous question and also just wanted you to know we're getting a cool wet spring in indiana and i don't have a month to wait on 24d to do my burn down so i'm just using e3 soybeans and doing it that way hey good job tired of walking yeah that's a that's a great option one of the benefits of these new crops like enlist e3 we can spray enlist one just right around planting we'll be right back after this Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high yield toolbox. As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim. 
I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH. Built by farmers. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Customer service goes a long way when trying something new. Ryan Shaw from Michigan shares how Soil Warrior helped him transition to strip tillage in his operation. The Soil Warrior guys, they are amazing to work with. They made this jump in this transition extremely painless. One question that I get all the time is, how is the service and everything? And I said, well, actually, I get better service from them than I typically do my dealers uptown. They're just amazing. More info at SoilWarrior.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton Studio. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you'd like to give a planting and crop progress update from your area, or if you have an agronomic question, we would love to hear from you. Got Terry on with us right now out in Colorado. Terry, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing today? Well, we're doing doing pretty good. Uh, did you have a question on, on gibberellic acid? Yes, I did. Uh, I've looked it up and found some prices on the stuff, but I cannot find anything uh, for an application rate. Well, the application rate's going to vary depending on the product, and any product that's out there would have to have a label, and so you just have to follow that particular product's labeled direction. So, for example, on our farm, we use a product from Valent called Rise Up Smart Grass, that's gibberellic acid, and we're using that. We'll, we'll be spraying that in probably two weeks at 0.6 ounces per acre, and we'll put it in probably, I'd say, 10 gallons of water, 10, 12 gallons of water, something like that. So, you know, if you're after a ratio of product to water, I mean, you could figure it, figure that out from there. But most of the products will have a an amount that you would use per acre, um, you know, and then you could calculate that out to per square foot, too, if you had something smaller you were spraying it on. Ah, that, that'll that work out great. Everything I kept running into was for greenhouses and stuff. <laughs> yep. And that does kind of show you that the gibberellic acid, well, it, first of all, it's a natural plant growth hormone. So, I, I mean, everybody's always talking about, oh, we want something natural. Well, here you go. This is, it's, it's natural stuff. But anyway, it gets used in a lot of different crops. And like here on the show, we focus so much on corn, soybeans, and wheat. And yeah, we talk about a few other crops. Like today, we're talking canola and a couple other things. But, I mean, there are thousands of different crops in the world, and something like gibberellic acid can be used on a lot of them. Yeah, and this, for us, this is a perfect perfect year to give it a whirl. Yep. Uh, our temperatures have been real low. Uh, we have had an inordinate amount of water for this early in the year. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, 
Oh, I, I was just going to mention one other thing, Terry. If you haven't sprayed gibberellic acid before, so when we first started doing it on our pastures probably 10 years ago, we could see right away, I mean, there was more growth and more tonnage. and So there's no question about that. It's just that you want to make sure you have ample fertility to go along with it too. Now, the, the, the whether you have ample fertility or not, the crop may look or the grass may look just a little bit more yellow for the first few days. It's just going through such a rapid growth phase that it just felt to me like I don't know if it could even bring in as much nitrogen as it needs. And I don't even know for sure that it is short on nitrogen. But I just know right away I looked at it and I'm like, is this good or is this not? I mean, it all turned out fine and we ended up with more tonnage, I mean, which is going to translate to more profit. But that was my only concern. So when you see that turn a little bit yellow, you will know, hey, that is just what normally happens. But also I, I would say make sure that you're fertilizing for more tonnage because you're going to have more tonnage when you use this product both in the spring and you can certainly use it in the fall too on pasture grasses yeah all righty well thanks okay. for mentioning that i would have, i would have been in shock going, <laughs> oh, no. yep yep so no that's that's normal so all right well hey terry thanks for the okay, call no. appreciate well, it thank you very much guys you bet. Bye. let's head out to the state of oregon we've got bill with us right now bill how are you doing Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's sure a pleasure and a privilege to uh, listen and talk to you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate the chance to talk to you, too. Talk, talk to us about what, what Oregon looks like right now. How are the crops doing? Well, you know, we, I hate to say this, um, and I've been doing this for over 40 years, and I have never, ever seen our ground so dry at this time of year. Um our cricks are way low and, and, uh, and the ground is, um, uh, is, is extremely dry. I, I think we are in maybe one of the worst situations of my life. And, uh, I I've done this all my life and I, uh, I'm, it, it's the scariest situation that I can think of ever being in uh, at this time of year. Uh, we are normally have a, you know, a rainfall in, in the, 40s to average rainfall in 40 to 50 inches and and uh we just haven't had any hardly any moisture all winter long and and it, the weather conditions have put us i i i planted a little bit of uh you know uh, normally in the spring we plant teff and 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 some warm season grasses and and uh so i was uh, working ground up and and uh you know it's just starting to emerge right now it should be coming good and uh, I'm not sure where it's going to make it at all, but um, so we're we're just really in a in a world of hurt over here on the west side. Oh, that is no good. Yeah, we're we're certainly hearing that about uh, Brian. You made the count, but about the whole western side of the country has been that way. That it's just been dry and nothing coming through. We'd love to. Normally, we talk to you, Bill. We'd say pass some some of that rainfall on to us. We could sure <laughs> use it. And it wouldn't be a big shocker if we were a little dry here. But man, when you guys are just bone dry, that doesn't bode well for us either. Well, we what we do is our our we're looking at. I mean, I'm pasture walking all. You guys kind of taught me to pa pasture walk, and and uh, you know our hay ground, uh, you know, and alfalfa ground is just um, and clover ground is is not going to have the kind of tonnage that um, we're used to, and that so it makes you know the what our barns are. I had an opportunity to buy some 
um, 2020 feed um, earlier uh, last month, and I just I, I couldn't afford it, but I went to the bank and said, hey, I got to do this. So we we bought a bunch of feed that we were because I think we're going to be very short of tonnage. Yeah, we're hearing that around the country, too. We're hearing guys talking about we're going to have to go somewhere. I know we were talking to a grower in, in the, the middle of Iowa, and he said we're going to have to go down into Missouri to get some feed because it's it's just right. going to be a little tight up here. And, yeah, that's that's no fun. Yeah, we were talking with Cliff up in, in North Dakota earlier on the show, and he said 60 years he's been doing this, and it's the driest he's seen up there, too. So, yeah, not not good, Bill. Well, 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 I- oof. I have a question. I have a real quick question. Sure. Uh, one of the things we talk about in drought, you know, dealing with drought is um, soil fertility. And, you know, is there, is there a time when um, a guy might be wanting to apply some, um, some uh, soil amendment to, um, to kind of give you a little bit of a help with the, with, with a drought situation or does it just have to deal with what it is? No, it's way earlier than when the drought actually shows up because basically here's the way it works. If a plant runs short on any one nutrient at any time, it's going to start bringing more water in because that's how most nutrients get into plants is with water. So if your crop has an ample and balanced amount of soil fertility all the way along, in effect, it will be using less water, meaning there is more left in your soil for when the drought actually hits. So that's kind of the way it works. So adding more as the drought's happening isn't really going to help you a whole lot. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I, that's I, I, In the back of my head, I, I felt like that was probably the deal. But yeah. So if we survive through the, through the summer then the time to do it is early next fall yes. before when we do get a little moisture. Yep, yep, yeah. And and this too is why we talk as much as we do about soils here and not even about the crop. Because if you get the soil right in the first place, just a good general balance and ample fertility, you, you've got that soil in good shape. Well, now every crop that goes on that soil is just going to do that much better, be that much more drought tolerant and so on. Oh, and one thing too, you let me... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll I'll add one last thing. Organic matter. If a soil has even 1% more organic matter, it's been shown it can hold roughly 4% more moisture. So 4% doesn't sound like a lot, but in a drought, that's huge. Yeah. And that's, you guys have taught me more about soil amendment than soil health than, than I I could have ever learned. (laughs) Uh, And I, I, that's what I mostly uh, am so uh, pleased with what you guys have done for me. Um, and and we we're very fortunate. We have high amounts of of organic matter, which and we add good. it every year. So yep, that's a good deal. All right. Well, hey, Bill. Thanks a lot for calling in today. Really appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you guys too. God bless you, and have a great week. You bet. You okay. too. You as well. well. Hopefully, hopefully, catch some rain too. That would be that would be a very welcome welcome thing. No doubt about that. It's always fun to get a planting and crop progress update. We get to hear from folks all across the country. And if you want to send us an update of how things are going in your area, radio at AgPhD is a great way to do it. Thanks for listening to our show today. And be sure to join us again each weekday for more AgPhD Radio.